Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. As you can see, on location again in God's country, right here, midfield, Memorial Stadium, AKA The Rock. Joined right now by Mr. Tom Morris, Senior Assistant Athletic Director for Athletic Performance. Quite a mouthful. It is. Quite yeah. a mouthful. I'm glad I got that, got through that. Yeah. Welcome to the Summits Podcast. I uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's, this is awesome to have you all here. And like you said, this is, uh, this is God's country down here. For sure. And that, comes, that means a lot coming from you. And we'll right. get to that. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, Tom, if you would um, introduce yourself to our viewers. Tell us about you know, where you're from and, and where you grew up. Yeah, my name is Tom Morris. Um, you know, I grew up in northeast Pennsylvania, kind of uh, the home of football. I mean, that is, that, that's, that's the real essence of where, you know, I came from and, um, you know, grew up there and, and literally played the game of football ever since I was about five years old. You know, fell in love with not only football, but sport. It kind of became who I am. Um, it became kind of my identity. It became everything. And, uh, you know, as, as I went through co or high school, um, playing multiple sports, I went off to college then. Um, you know, to Did you a, play football in college? So I didn't. So okay. the, the goal was, um, but, but reality set in of um, went to junior college first. Uh, you know how it is. 18 years old, a little bit arrogant, a little yeah. bit. And, uh, and I didn't take the time to, 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 to do the work to be able to play at the next level okay. because the next level playing at Penn State, as we'll get to, is uh, it's pretty intense. So right. um, long story short is it, it did open up the door though. Um, you know, no more football, but athletics was there. It opened up the door to the profession that I'm currently in, strength and conditioning. Sure, so what position did you play? I was a corner. Corner? Yeah, okay. corner, corner and safety. Uh, love defense, love just getting out there and hitting people. I mean, it was just, mm. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so when you went to Penn State, what was that your full intent? Did you always want to go to Penn State, or how did that come about? Yeah, you grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania. It's the same as, uh, I mean, it's the same as being here in Indiana, and you're a basketball player. Like, you're going to Indiana. I mean, that's, I guess some people say Purdue, but yeah, yeah. we don't talk about them. <laughs> but you grew up there, and that's it. That was in my blood. I just wanted to go forever since I was a young kid playing peewee football mm -hmm. was to get out there and go play at Penn State. And... Um, yeah, I mean that's that's as far as I can remember was just try to try to get in there and get on that field. When you went to Penn State, and I assume you've been to football games there before that. Correct. Right. Um, this place is quiet now. Right. But I can only imagine uh, being in that stadium with a hundred plus thousand people. It's pretty pretty wild. It's intense. I mean, 100, 110,000 people screaming, hollering. You can't have a conversation like this when it's rolling. And, and ever since I sat in those stands, uh, I was just, I, I was so, I, I just loved it. I, I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to go to the games. And, and then you later, you know, I end up being on the field as a GA. And I hope I'm not jumping ahead here, but, um, you know, I'm on the field as a GA. And, and you're down in the middle of this huge bowl and the intensity and the sound and the, and the energy that came out of it, I mean, it is, it's unreal. It's, it's, it's hard to put into words. Yeah, well, certainly not gonna have 110,000 here because it, it's beyond capacity, but I think with the momentum, I was telling, uh, or telling another guest, Scott, earlier, I, I like the momentum that's building here, not, oh, yeah. athletic department-wide, not just with the football program, but with football in particular, um, I think we'll see a lot of that same energy going into this year based off of what's going on recently. Yeah, no doubt. This is the golden age of, of, of athletics right now. We got, you know, everything going on from the new uh, basketball coach to men's soccer returning everybody plus yep. the recruiting class that's, 
off the charts. Um, but then when you talk about this football team, you know, this is 16 years of being here and what Coach Allen has done to the, I mean, it's, it's unreal. The energy, the athletes he's brought in, um, you know, this stadium, you know, again, not 110,000, but this stadium is intense. I mean, when we yeah. get this place packed, the energy that comes out of it, especially from that student section over there and everybody that's in here, I mean, you can't help but just be an IU football fan. And, and that, that energy is something that I haven't seen in Bloomington well, in 16 years. So uh, in a few short weeks, it's game day. That's and right. uh, we can't wait. Yeah. So speaking of which, Penn State, now at IU, Talking about football, I have to ask a question you've probably been asked a few times. Mm -hmm. How'd you feel about uh, the last last year's IU Penn State game? I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, so this this is what I always tell everybody. Grew up with the the veins, the blood. It, it was blue. I mean, I I, I bled it. I, I lived it. I loved it. Got to be there, do all that, and uh, and I'm the biggest Penn State fan. But that is all up until they play IU because when they play IU in anything, it's all it, it is a hundred percent. IU and just do it. So when that game, and I remember just sitting in there, just watching, seeing it firsthand, everything kind of come together. So it's it's literally the, the the that vision is one of the biggest visions I have in the entire. I still just think of it, and I just still have that same excitement. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting game. Oh. I mean, obviously I'm happy about the outcome, but it was an exciting game regardless. For exciting, sure. right? No matter what would have happened. Um, Incredible. I mean, I, that was one of the best games I've ever been able to witness. Yeah. So Hoosier fans, make sure you come out here, support the IU football Hoosiers this, this year, pack this place. I don't want to see it just on when we're playing Ohio State for you know marketing photos. We need to pack it every game. A lot of stuff, a lot of positive things going on here. That's a great plug, by the way. Yeah, thanks. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's fast forward, a little, or not fast forward, but fast forward from college, um, graduate Penn State, and then what? Yeah, so uh, picture this. So um, I graduate from Penn State. I'm like 240 pounds, you know, mm -hmm. ex-football player, um, just just loving the weight room. I go and we, my wife and I, well, girlfriend at the time, now wife, we move out here and uh, I want to compete. Like I want to do something. Like I just love the fact of, of playing, competing and, and doing something really hard to be able to compete and show who I am. And so... Um, I got bit by what you know a lot of people say like the endurance bug this 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 running this biking this yeah. everything and in bloomington it's they, it flies around here a lot and so quickly 240 goes to 220 220 to 200 to 180 before you know it years into this i'm on a bike i'm riding and it's not just little rides it's 100 mile races it's triathlons it's 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 this like it's this intense world that i just jumped into along with having a job that I really never felt like a day in my life. I mean, like I worked a day in my life. So a mm -hmm. um, lot of things kind of transpired in those initial from Penn State, getting to Indiana, finding out a little bit more of who I am and, um, and finding a passion that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. So what brought you, did you get, how did you land the job here? That's what, that's what fostered the move or did you guys move out here before that? So, uh, so I got the job here. So a okay. uh, good friend of mine, Josh Edson, he, uh, you know, it's funny too, because Josh, Josh gets a job here. Um, the, another job pops up and he says, you know, Hey, got another job here. Would you want to come out? And at that time I was in Philadelphia working at a, a small school. And I said, nah, I don't, I don't really want to move to the Midwest. I mean, it's, flat it's <laughs> cornfields it's and so um 
I turned it down and then a little bit of time and, and I mean a little bit like two or three months in Philadelphia um, our place was broken into and uh, luckily Josh called again he says hey another job's up would you want to do it and so changed my mind flew out here found out that this place is not flat in cornfields and it's an incredible place luckily got the job and um, yeah my wife and I moved out about 16 years ago awesome so what what year was that you said 16 years ago yeah so five was about 2005 five. yeah okay um, first few years here, what, what were you doing and, and what kind of, what was your gut feeling? Did you're happy about your decision, I assume? Yeah, hundred percent. So I got here and I'm, uh, the assistant strength, assistant strength coach, um, in charge of track and field swimming. Um, I think I had like seven teams at that point, okay. um, but I'm doing a job like, I mean, look at what we're doing. Like this, like what we get to work in. So right. I'm doing this and I, and I'm, and I'm just, I'm getting up every morning, five 30, coming to work training the elite athletes on the planet and you have to sit and pinch yourself because it's reality like they're paying me to do this like it's right. it's crazy so um i'm i'm literally thriving at the the i'm living a dream and i'm not just living a dream i am i am loving and thriving and and just loving every moment of it uh, every moment of it and so yeah i mean it was it was something that i knew i was gonna uh, be passionate about i knew i was gonna really like but when you get in the environment, you get around the people of Indiana, you get around this, um, you're sitting there going, man, I just, I just hit the lottery. So. Yeah, well, I think Indiana hit the lottery with you as well because to find employees is one thing who have the skill set to do their job. But if you find an employee with the skill set to do the job and they have the passion about it, mm -hmm. I mean, I want more of those. Mm -hmm. well, I appreciate that. And I do agree with you, though. It's, it is that there's a, there's a lot of, you know, Indiana's great at... Um, fostering that as well though it's they even even the people that maybe aren't as passionate about it i mean quite frankly i didn't want to come here before i knew it and then i got here and it's guys like you know scott and and and, and fred glass and all those guys that uh you know they they're they're the top leaders and yet i'm at the bottom as an assistant strength coach they knew exactly who i was they were there sure. you know patting me on the back when things are good you know that that says a lot, you know, and when you have that top-down leadership that um, embraces and harnesses all that stuff. So, so I do agree, um, but I think Indiana does an incredible job at kind of fostering that, to develop that passion. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, so take us back to 2012, if you would, and, 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 and share with us about what happened then. Yeah, so leading up to that point, as I said, you know, mountain biking a ton. I mean, just, just really not even uh, just riding recreationally. I, I'm... I'm, I'm at a point where uh, I start winning a lot of races and, and it, be, it start really giving me an identity. I, I just loved um, everything that was going on. And so going into 2012, I'm feeling great. Life is good. We're gonna do, win some races, even had some sponsors. It was, nice. it was totally awesome. But um, I go out on a training ride on May 17th with the intent to do four laps around this little mountain bike course. Okay. Lap one, lap two, everything's building. Lap three is feeling great. And lap four, I'm really feeling good. Uh, but about a quarter mile before I'd uh, finished the ride and ended for the day, I go around this sharp 90 degree turn and uh, there sat a rock in the middle of the trail. And I have no idea how I did it, but I hit it. And all of a sudden found myself somersaulting through the air, kind of head over heels, grounds coming up. I mean, every, I, there, nothing I could do was just, all I could do was just grip the handlebars. And, um, you know, and then all of a sudden impact, just smack head hits, uh, body instantly catches on fire. It felt like my body was electrocuted and um, I'd flip around and then just lay flat on my back, 
on the ground, motionless. So from that point, you're laying there trying to figure out, you know, what just happened. You know, it's, it happened so fast right. and you're just trying to gather your thoughts. What happened? What happened? Um, I opened my eyes, staring up at a, a beautiful sky, um, instantly try to get off the ground and I start pushing and, and, and I couldn't budge. I mean, it was, it was, I always say it felt like I was suction cup to the ground. Okay. I'm laying there flat and the more I pushed, I just couldn't budge at all. So, so, so then I just started kind of panicking and, um, feeling, trying to make sense of what happened. And I start putting my hands all over me just to try and gather something. And, um, my hands got to my chest and I, I always make the reference. It was like, uh, it was like I was touching something foreign. Like I could, okay. I could reach out and touch a desk. I could feel the desk, but obviously the desk has nothing. In it. And so for me, when I touched my chest, my hands felt my chest, but my chest didn't feel my hands at all. Okay. And so my head just keeps scrambling on what just happened to you? Like w w what is going on? And, um, you know, I laid there and, and laid there trying to just figure it out. Uh, time is going on. It dawns on me, you have your phone in your back pocket. Let's try and call somebody. I had to call my wife, which um, I, like I, I joke about this. Uh, calling my wife was, is, is uh, she's the one, most wonderful woman in the world. That's all up until you scare her, startle her, or piss her off. Because <laughs> right. once you do that, she is gonna come at you. And so um, I went to make that call and when I reached into the back pocket of just your typical cycling jersey, um, I felt my, felt my phone, but I couldn't pull it out. And uh, I realized that my hands weren't working either. Okay. And uh, so now I'm stuck. I'm stuck on the ground on this trail in the middle of Indiana. All four limbs either impaired or, or not working at all. Um, and I'm stuck, vulnerable, open to everything. Let's just and wait, hoping someone comes by. Hoping. That's all I could do at that point. You know, I even tried to yell. I couldn't yell because it okay. affected my, uh, my diaphragm, which helped, couldn't, the, the overall way to uh, project your voice couldn't come out. Okay. And um, yeah, I laid there for like well, about three and a half hours. Wow. So laying there three and a half hours just with your thoughts, just with. Well, it the, felt like three and a half days. Three and a half days of just, I mean, it, it felt, it strangely felt, um, for whatever reason, I wasn't scared, I wasn't panicked, I wasn't, I, I just had this confidence that surely someone's gonna come by. Like I, I just knew that someone was gonna come by and, and luckily at the three and a half hour mark, somebody did. And um, yeah, and that's when kind of phase two of my life um, kind of started. Yeah, so if you would, um, kind of take us through that journey from that point on. Yeah, so, so immediately after this accident, um, Airlifted to a hospital in, or up in Indianapolis, diagnosed with a broken neck, um, C67. I go in for a spinal cord surgery. They fix the, the, the column itself, the spinal column. But once you damage the spinal cord, you know, you're going to be impaired. And, and uh, that spinal cord injury um, yeah, left me paralyzed from the chest down uh, with legs not working and hands minimally working. And uh, the doctor's saying, you'll never get any of this back again. You'll never walk again, you'll never, like, this is you. And they told my wife, she's gonna be the caregiver. And, um, and that was the diagnosis. And so even with that being said, believe this or not, uh, I still, I was just excited. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, it's like, here's another challenge. I'm gonna show them, I'm gonna do this. I'm excited about it, let's go at this. And um, 
I took that mentality into it, but on day five, uh, day five, everything got rocked because I had that excitement, that ready to go, uh, but the revealing nature of how much I'd lost uh, completely came out, and that was when everything I found out, um, all of my independence were gone. I, I couldn't, I couldn't comb my hair, couldn't, I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself, I, I couldn't move a wheelchair by myself, and. And when that independence is stripped away, you know, not walking is one thing, but when you physically can't take care of yourself and you're yeah. dependent on other people, um, that's heavy. I mean, that is heavy. And so day five, it all hit me. And uh, that night, I, I, it took me one night to just sit there the entire night just thinking about how do you battle out of this? And so the truth is, is I leaned on the things that I've always done is kind of control the controllables. You know, right. if you sit in here and you, you just sit back and you know, what was me, it just never get you anywhere. And so um, I decided that I'm gonna control what I can. I'm gonna try and make the best effort. Spent the next year of my life in rehab, just trying to do the little things like pinching a finger back together, trying to do all the little things. Um, and with the hope that they'd add up into a life of not walking again. I mean, walking would be great, but it's just living a life that I had before um, of independence, being the husband again, being able to come back to work, uh, being able to get involved in sport again. And I could gladly say, uh, more than gladly, that's such an understatement, but you know, throughout that year time, I was able to gain back my independence. I was able to um, get my job back. I came back to work about a year after this. Okay. And, um, and then I started competing in sport about a year and a half after it. And uh, it's kind of cool that it all kind of came together like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, we talk a lot on this podcast about attitude and how mm -hmm. important that is, in particular in the, the, the arena of cancer, but really in, in life itself. Right. And I think um, you know, that experience and that message with yourself just it rings so true to, to so many. Um, so I, I applaud you for having that mindset because it, it would have been very easy for, to go in the opposite direction. Right. And I'm sure you've had some, some down moments. No but, doubt. Right. Um, overall, that you certainly have a, a net positive and a net gain for sure. Yeah, and that's what everything that I do. And, you know, the foundation of who I am is, is an optimist. I, I've, I've been practicing it, God, for, forever. I, I think there's a genetic, I mean, research actually shows there is a genetic component to uh, optimistic people and I think I've been kind of blessed and fortunate to be able to be born that way but I also think I've, I've had my fair share of cultivating it practicing being that optimistic uh, person and after this accident um, I was I was able to take the accident and then focus on the controllables and use positivity and use the things that I could kind of use to move forward because the truth is um, the negative side of it, man, it's, it's a spiraling, scary place. And like you said, it, it's very easy to fall into that. But fortunately, I was practicing all that up to it. So when this all happened, and even the setbacks, because there were many down days, um, it took me a little bit longer, but I was able to look at what was happening in front of me and look at how I could spin it in a positive manner, how I could say, hey, I don't understand this right now of why this is happening to me, uh, what is going on. But I know that in the macro part of this event in the macro part of my life, something good has got to come out of that. And, and, and holding on to that, uh, it just empowered me. I mean, it just, and it does to this day is bad things still happen to me. That's part of life. You know, life is good because I love friction, you know, friction, grew up having friction with the weight room, grew up having friction with football, uh, but it's made me who I am. And, you know, this thing is, 
a little bit a little bit higher friction than I sure. wanted, but uh, nonetheless, it still made me grow. It made me deep dive on who I am. Um, it's allowed me to help more people and spread a better message and, and to be somebody um, as, 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 as good as I possibly can. And it's all come from friction. You know, it's all sure. come from this challenge in life. Yeah. And I think it's so important because it's your attitude uh, that makes that thing come full circle, you know, and, and I talk attitude and I talk about one word and that's can, you know, C-A-N, can. Yeah. And it's so powerful because when you get up and you could just say, I can do that, you, your head is already looking for the positive. It's already looking for the good parts of everything. And, and you know every, what's crazy is, is in every, any given event, it's hard to, to believe um, there is a positive. And I always talk to people about it. It's like when you buy a new car, you know, you go and sit down, you, you want to buy a new car, you pick it out, color, everything is rolling. You finally go and buy the new car and then you go to pull off the lot, you look to the right, and there's the same car that you just bought. And you're like, well, son of a... You go out and you may go to the left and there's another car. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these cars. And it's not that everybody bought the same car as you, but it's now you've brought attention to it. It's now, it's on the forefront. It's now right. is something that you're looking for. And I think the same way about positivity is it's there, but if you're not practicing and if it's not on the tip of your tongue, if it's not your way of life, um, you'll never see it. You know, just, it's just... It's just reality, and, and I'm so fortunate that um, that's been something that's been uh, kind of in, instilled in me, and um, since something that I've just been extremely passionate about, and has helped me get to you know this seat next to you today. Sure, great lesson. Um, I love it. I guess to tie this back into the Summits podcast, um, would you? And I'm sure this has happened, but how do, how would you take that attitude and maybe apply it to someone who uh, is is experiencing uh, the, the battle with cancer right now? Yeah, and I can't imagine what that is. You know, obviously, I I, I never. Um, it's tough to ever say anything, you know, because you never get to walk in somebody else's shoes. But what I would what I would say is that uh, take the time um, to mourn to you know to, to 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 say this sucks. Like this is there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the time that you have, the time that, you know, whatever it is, you know, maximize it, you know, maximize uh, what is going on and, and just understand that the, the mind has the ability to shift. The mind has this, this whole mindset shift um, as hard as it may be, because a lot of people say, well, that's easier said than done, 100%. But the fact is, is it's reality. Like, if you, you can shift your mind and if you believe in that, you'll start working on that. Every single day, you'll start looking at the positive. And all you gotta do is see a little, a little glimpse of hope within something and it'll start that, that, that kind of spiral of positivity. So um, as tough as it is for me to comment on anybody going through cancer or something, um, I still think it's the same recipe. I think it's, it's, it's your attitude every single day. It's, yeah. it's being patient in the moment, taking time to to, to, to be down, but just understanding that when you're down, there's no controllables down there. There's controllables when you could start seeing positivity and you could start moving forward and you could start um, making a difference and changing and maximizing um, every second that you do have. Because the truth is, none of us really know how long we have. None of us right. really know what's gonna happen in the next moment. So uh, that's, that's, a, that's a really powerful thing for me that's allowed me uh, to maximize every second, every minute of the day. Yeah. Wise words. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you joining us on this episode. And uh, go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. <laughs>